0: what's going on everybody jared barnes here it has been a long time but i am back with another episode and i am extremely excited to get into it i mean i got i got quite a bit for you we're going to talk a little boxing with jake paul which you know maybe i'm kind of excited about it but you know That's not something that I don't think everybody just loves is Jake Paul. A lot of people hate Jake Paul. I do not, but I'll save it for the conversation. We're going to talk fans and players and the disconnect and the issues with that. We're going to talk about the little basketball, got some NFL for you. It's not going to be necessarily maybe a long episode. I'm not sure. We'll see how the conversation unfolds, but yeah, I'm excited to be back. And To address why I was gone for two months, you know, Um, just kind of a mental state that I was in, needed a break, took some time off of social media completely. I spend way less time on my phone than I ever did before, and my life is just better for it. And as much as I love doing this, the balance of school work, living somewhere completely different. I'm back home now, and that's kind of why I'm back into this. We're going to, I'm going to do this more consistently now that I'm back home, and I plan on, and I fully am going to do it more consistently when I r- arrive back at school and I'm back in the dorm room, and I'm back in the swing of things again. But I'm excited. I apologize to the people that are fans of the show, that are listeners of the show, that I didn't ever fully address. I literally just stopped posting and stopped doing anything on any of my social medias for a long time and then just today just decided to drop that video because i wanted to record an episode and put it out today i said i wanted to start by june i wanted to start two weeks ago when i got back you know i've been trying to balance and balance time because i went right back to work after getting back but i'm excited to be back let's just hop right into the conversation and you know the way fans have been acting you know it's great to have fans back that i will say that be, seeing the way that fans like just completely like we almost forgot just how important fans are to the game like seeing msg just packed to the gills and just seeing the crowd react hearing the crowd react and just having that was awesome but you know seeing the things that are going on russell westbrook getting popcorn dunked on him uh, Kyrie Irving getting a water bottle thrown at him tonight. A fan storm the field at the 76ers Wizards game. I mean, it's a problem. I don't know why there is such a problem and why there is a disrespect and disregard for the, for the lives of like the athletes. They're not treated like athletes. It is almost like they are animals that these people have in a cage. And it's strictly, it strictly just all comes down to selfishness and, It is a very big problem in the U.S. It's one of the reasons I, you know, took a break from social media because everything's such instant gratification. Everybody wants to praise, and that was like, I'm not, I'm not a person like that. Yeah, it's nice to get praised every once in a while, but that's just not who I am. And there's just a disconnect between everybody. We were locked down in our houses for so long, and social media was the way we were communicating with people. We get back out. And it's like, oh, we want to do this because we think it's funny, and we think it's cool. But you know, hitting somebody in the head with a water bottle, dumping popcorn on somebody, that's humiliating. Imagine you in your nine to five job. Someone walked in your office. Let's say you're working in an office, someone walked in your office and just you're sitting there and you looked, and then they just chucked the water bottle at you. Full water bottle. Well, let's say they just dumped a full bag of popcorn on you and walked out. Would you not want to swing at that person? Would you not want to smack them in the mouth? And it's a big problem. For example, the kid that threw the water bottle at Kyrie on Sunday night, he was shown immediately afterwards on camera, pretty much being escorted out of the arena. He has, you know, been arrested. He's going to be arraigned today, actually, in Boston. And, you know, everybody saw it. And it wasn't just everybody in the stadium that saw it. Everybody at home has seen that kid that that watched that game. We've seen that kid now. He's a 21 year old, just like myself. And it was a very immature thing to do. And for the rest of his life, he's going to have to live with that mistake that he made, which is a huge mistake that he made. So having to live with that for the rest of your life as a 21 year old making a mistake like that, yeah, that's a big mistake. The issue there is, imagine if that water bottle connects with Kyrie. What if that knocks him out for the rest of the series? Now he's completely changed the way the series could go by something that's off the court and that's not in Kyrie's hands and it was nothing like that. That changes the game. It's, that stuff's more than just about the game. It's about player safety, respect, maturity. I mean, I don't feel like there's enough praise put on just normal fans coming to the stadium and acting normal. You know, like John Morant's dad suffered from at the Utah thing from just massive amounts of comments. But then there was people that were sitting right next to him sharing beers with him, that were, you know, I think a a give and take trash talk is good. I think harassing and attacking someone is where we have the problem and the disconnect. And it, it is an issue. And I had a thought and I someone else said it as well. These players should be able to fight these people like one-on-one fight them to do these things. And I thought at the, at the moment, I was like, oh, that's, that's not a terrible idea. I mean, I've heard of worse. But then I thought about it again, and I'm like, then there would be purposely people even getting more malicious and doing things so that they could try to fight a professional athlete and one-up them and say that they beat a professional athlete. I just feel like that would be a terrible, terrible way to do it and this poor kid's going to have to live with the mistake that he made by throwing a water bottle at Kyrie, and it's not even a mistake. It's something that he should have never even thought of doing, no matter how much you disliked Kyrie and how mad you were that Kyrie stepped on the logo and disrespected your team. If your life revolves around a team success and a team so much, in my mind, you don't have an identity for yourself, and that is part of the problem for a lot of these individuals and people. They are such huge—I mean, I'm a sports fan, but I can—I don't live and die with my teams. I watch a lot of different teams. I watch a lot of different players. I just like sports in general. I'm wearing a Lakers hat. I'm not a Lakers fan, per se. I'm a LeBron fan. I'm an AD fan. I'm a Caruso fan, and I like Kyle Kuzma. Sue me. I like Trey Young on the Hawks. I love Ja Morant. I like watching Lonzo ball and the mellow ball play. I don't really have a favorite NBA team per se. If I did, it would be the Oklahoma city thunder because I'm a loyal guy. And I jumped on the bandwagon when Russ and Harden were there, but like, I'm not a person that lives and dies by the identity with my team because I have my own identity. And I think some people look for that connection and they find it in teams. And that's even further than the NBA. It's the NFL and stuff like that as well. It's major league baseball it's college football. I mean, they live and die with their teams and they'll do anything to possibly get their team an advantage. And I, and that's, that's just a problem. And I, I always do believe, and I think everything just boils back down to the, the instant gratification world we live in. And you see these things and you hear about these things. I feel like these things probably happened back in the day as well, because it's always something the the, the fans It's like gladiator matches. Like fans just love watching gladiator matches because they love watching someone else die. And just for the love of it back, like in the ancient times, I'm going on a real rant here, but you know, and it's just like, they, they, they wanted to see that for entertainment, but if like it didn't go the way they wanted it to, they were upset and they were angry And now, but like you wouldn't hear anything. I'm sure they never heard anything about it other than like, what happened in the Coliseum? And then you move on to more modern times before social media. And I'm sure there was people throwing water bottles and dumping popcorn on people as well. And it was probably a problem back then. And I wish we would have been able to resolve it then so that now we wouldn't have to deal with it. But people don't change. History tends to repeat itself. And we're back in that pool. Kyrie termed it as subtle racism. And I can I can agree with him. It is subtly racist. You know, I mean if it was, you know, and I'm just gonna kinda let that one be there. I mean, you get it. That's Kyrie's opinion. And you know, I kind of I kind of do kind of agree with him because just based upon that that one right there, you could maybe maybe say it was. But it all just boils down to selfishness and it, it, it's just a, a problem in the heart of America of itself, and that's something that we as Americans are gonna just have to deal with and figure out moving on from that because that was like a it like i hate negative topics you know i'm a big positive guy and we had a team win a game that maybe not everybody thought they were going to win and that is the the washington wizards they brought they didn't get swept and you know are now down three to one i've seen people on twitter say they're going to come back from uh, being down 3 to 0 and win the series, that's not going to happen. It's nice to see that Russ and Bradley Beal were able to sneak a game away from the 76ers because I didn't think they were going to get swept regardless. But let's be honest. Joel, M- Joel Embiid had to leave due to knee soreness. There was that issue. I mean, it was about, I mean, it just makes, you know, I didn't, again, I didn't see the 76ers sweeping the Wizards. So the next game I'm I'm going to assume the like the Wizards are probably going to lose. If they win, the, the 76ers will win this series 100%. I would have said that before the series. I'm going to say it now because I have seen people on Twitter say that they might not. But it will be interesting to see for sure. But I'm excited to watch the rest of that series cuz I am just a huge Russ fan and you know, moving on from that though little hockey talk. Um, I do fully plan on bringing on somebody that knows a little bit about hockey on an episode. And I'm excited for that to happen. But the Bruins actually tonight lost to the Islanders. I have seen some awesome videos of fans celebrating. It is just so nice to be able to see people out and about again. You know, mask us, mask on. Who cares? Whoa, I'm going to. Yeah, who cares? Mask on, mask off, whatever. You got to do your own thing. It's just nice to see people out and about living life again. And seeing the videos of people celebrating at bars, like that we're watching the game together, Boston fans, Islanders fans in and of itself, the dead quiet before that final goal that was in overtime to win. Oh, Just seeing moments like that are awesome. Again, I'm so glad we're back to life in general at this point. It's awesome. But the, the Bruins lost to the islanders to even up the series one one that's going to be a fun series to watch because the islanders did eliminate my penguins in the playoffs and hockey is virtually over for me i still i still will keep up on it but i probably will not watch it like i was watching it while the penguins were still in the playoffs now moving on to the topic that i teased at the beginning of the show jake paul Jake Paul has agreed to a multi-fight deal with Showtime. This happened a while ago, actually. But his first opponent now has officially been picked. Former UFC welterweight champ Tyrone Woodley has agreed to fight Jake Paul. And, again, Jake Paul will be taking on a fighter who is, I would assume, I've never seen him fight. I've seen Jake Paul fight. But I've never seen Tyrone. I think I've seen Tyrone Woodley fight, but I'm not a big fighter guy. I'm a Jake Paul guy. I'm a Jake Paul fighter guy. I enjoy watching him because I feel like people take him seriously to a point, but don't have enough respect to acknowledge that he is a real fighter. But I would assume this is another fight where he goes for a guy that is outside of his prime. It's not going to be in his house. It's going to be it show. It's going to be for Showtime, so it's not going to be hosted by Triller, and that is a big thing for me. I'm glad to see Jake be do, doing fights outside of Triller, uh, because some people said that the fight was rigged. The last Ben Askren fight, that when he landed that punch, that J- Ben could have kept going. Listen, that's the that was the ref decision. But they said that since that ref was hired by Triller, and Triller kind of is a Jake Paul, it's not a Jake Paul business, but. That's Jake Paul's demographic that runs that business. I know Josh Richards is, is big in that business. I believe Snoop Dogg is big in that business as well. So that is just kind of Jake Paul's like, that's his people kind of like his level of people like TikTokers, YouTubers, and then like Snoop Dogg is just in a different level of people. But being involved in that, just considering who the other people are with Triller, you know, it's almost like fighters were going into Jake's world instead of Jake going into the fighting world. And seeing him go to, like, agree to this deal with Showtime and go and fight, you know, actual legit boxers now, that's going to be awesome for me. Because in my opinion, either way, it's not going to make a difference. Because I believe Jake is a legit fighter. And he is, one of the reasons I like watching Jake fight is because of the way he is off, like, outside of the ring. He is a perfect heel, mainly because he is so easy to hate. Like, he just, just the way he lives, the way he acts, and the way that, just the fact that he's Jake Paul, he makes himself, like, ridiculously easy to hate, and, like, just because he's Jake Paul, people hate him. They won't give him a chance in boxing, but I enjoy, like, I enjoy that heel part, because, like, I just think of everybody as characters, because of, like, my connection to everything, just going back to, like, I wasn't a huge WWE guy as a child, but in my, like, Middle teens, I got into it for some odd reason. What a weird time to get into WWE. Like 14 to like 17, I got into it and I got real into it. And I just got the heel and the baby face. Like, I just, you could always pick those guys out and you just knew because they were writing for it. And Jake would, he's just the perfect heel. He just does it. He just plays that, the bad guy part so well. And he's going to probably continue that as he goes and. Knocks out, and I hope he does, I hope he knocks out Tyron Ludwig because it might finally get some people to say that he is a real fighter if he wins that match. I'm very excited for that. And that's the big headlines. A couple NFL topics because, let's be honest, I am an NFL guy. I, that is my favorite sport. Football is my favorite sport of all time. It's not even close with other sports. The lacrosse championship just happened. I don't follow lacrosse whatsoever. Uh, I follow hockey a little. I follow basketball a little. I watch them. I follow them. I love and follow the NFL with a strict with a passion. It is my passion following the NFL, and I have never put the ticker on. Just realize that. It's tough being the, the tech guy, the camera guy, and the guy doing all the audio. Yeah. And the in charge of everything else. So one-man show here. Hope you enjoy it. Again, if, you give, if you're reading the ticker there, which I forgot to completely turn on, I might as well not even turn it on at this point. Um, there is a giveaway in this episode. So if you've made it this far in, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're not watching on YouTube and you're listening to the podcast, um, hop over to the YouTube. Subscribe. I would greatly appreciate it. Check out this new episode and find this place in the in the episode where the ticker comes on because there's a chance to win twenty dollars if you just comment what the ticker says. Hope you hope you do that so that you can be involved in the giveaway. Pfft, now that I got that out, let's get into some NFL stuff. Uh, today is June first, which means that June first deadline for a lot of the players' contracts is up. And one of the big ones is Julio Jones. Where will Julio play next season? It's a great question. A great question. And you know, a lot of people, news broke today that he was in talks, not him, but the Falcons and the Seahawks were in talks of swapping him. And what a move that would be if they could somehow keep Tyler Lock at DK Metcalf, and get Julio. Yeah, they failed to get Russell Wilson, offensive line help. Yeah, they failed to get him a running back that is anywhere near decent. I mean, yeah, people are going to come say Chris Carson's a good running back. Rashad Penny is a good running back. They're decent. They're like, one, they're like those two running backs that you could take and put on any team, and you'd get the same amount of production pretty much from them that you would get in Seattle anywhere else because they're those interchangeable backs because there's levels to it the NFL running backs there's the elite guys there's the I feel like there's the elite guys and then there's like there's well above average and then there is the interchangeable backs and that's where Chris Carson and Rashad Penny lie I feel like that's where Steelers running back James Connor and Benny Snell lie I feel like that is where a lot of running backs in the league actually lie if you take if you take Arizona's backfield and you take Vegas's backfield, Josh Jacobs might be in that above above average category, but ah, the jury's still out on him. I love Josh Jacobs, though. I feel like my Miami's running back situation, New England's running back situation, they're all in that interchangeable running backs, New York Jets, Buffalo, Buffalo Bills. Like those are the interchangeable running backs right there in the league. There's a lot of them. A lot of them. And that's where the, the Seattle running running back room kind of lies. They're those interchangeable running backs. But the wide receiver core with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf is amazing. Imagine throwing Julio Jones into that mix and having DK and Julio on the outside with Tyler Lockett in the slot. What a, what a three-way just punch to the mouth that would be to any secondary. Especially those secondaries in the NFC West are pretty good. So... And the defenses in general in the NFC West are, are, are decent. So like you have to you have to be able to score points and you have to be able to, to move the find a way to move the ball downfield. Doing that with your receivers, if you have those three, would be awesome. I don't know how much they'd give up, but I would assume for the Falcons to want to trade Julio inside the NFC, it's gonna have to be a first round pick. I feel like there's other teams that could get him for a second or a third, and that is New England. I think New England is an awesome fit for him while I do not believe that Cam Newton will be the starter. I mean, he's. I think he's going to start at some point. But midway through the year, I do not believe that Cam Newton will be the starter for the New England Patriots, just based on what I've heard and what I've read about how OTAs have been going with just the way Mac Jones has been walking up to the line. Mac Jones clearly is a very confident individual, yet he's a statue guy. He's a guy that I, I was high on. I've, I've told a lot of people, Peyton Doyle, um, uh, other other individuals as well, Morris from the slow grind. I was trying to think of like all the people I've told, but like it has been such a long year, 2021. Very interesting one. Very fun one. I'm very thankful for it, but I've talked to a lot of people, and uh, a lot of that I would say was that I loved Matt Jones. And the fact that he slid all the way to New England, because I haven't had an episode since before the draft even, but the fact that he slid all the way to New England was a kind of a surprise to me. I thought he was a top 10 guy for sure. Seeing New England end up with a guy like Mac Jones, it almost felt like Bill Belichick was playing chess and not checkers. And then you watched the video of them kind of drafting Mac Jones. They didn't seem all that excited, but then you hear these things from OTAs and you're like, yeah, Mac Jones is clearly going to start. Imagine giving, a quarterback who is just – he's a a—he's a deliverer of the football. He's not doing anything special. He's walking up the line. He's making his reason. He's just putting the football where it needs to be to where it needs to go. And you have Julio Jones in that mix. You have Kendrick Bourne. You have Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry. You got good running backs coming out of the backfield if you need them as a check down. I think that would be maybe the greatest situation of all time for Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is in a good spot. A team that I would like to see make a move for Julio, though, is San Francisco. And I don't know what they have to give up. But seeing him back with Kyle Shanahan and maybe maybe with Jimmy Garoppolo, that would be awesome. Because Jimmy's clearly going to start sometime this year. I don't know if Trey Lance will play. I think he may take the Patrick Mahomes type route this year and not. But if if things go south, and you know Jimmy, and Jimmy has a season like Jimmy has, there's probably a good chance that Jimmy get, gets hurt then, and that means Trey has to play. Having Julio with Debo Samuel and George Kittle, what a wow! That would be awesome. Why not Miami though? Miami has a lot of pieces. Miami has a good wide receiver core. They have Jalen Waddle. They have Devonte Parker. They signed Will Fuller. You can never have enough weapons. Why would you? Why would you not want to make a move for Julio Jones? I know that they have a young team, and but I think Julio would be a great presence in that locker room, and I think he would. I think it would bode well for Jalen Waddell and Devonte Parker, and especially Will Fuller, because those are all kind of fast guys. The Devonte Parker is a little bit more of a possession guy, but they're all fast guys. They're all guys that just run kind of straight down the field, especially Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle. I don't know that, but just based on how Jalen Waddle played in college, he's going to be a burner in the league. So those are a couple teams that I think Julio would be great in. We'll find out probably today within the next couple days where Julio will end up, and he could honestly, or maybe we won't. I take that back because he could honestly never move, and it wouldn't shock me in the slightest just based on how this NFL offseason has gone. Moving on from that, though, a topic to end my show because I could talk about the Aaron Rodgers saga, but I haven't done enough notes on that yet. I could talk about Tim Tebow and why it's working in Duval, but I will save that for an episode later this week. I want to talk about some of the coaches heading into 21 that are on a hot seat. And, you know, four come to mind in my mind. And one of them probably should have been fired already. And the main one that I think of when I think of coaches that are on the hot seat, Matt Nagy, have no idea how you still have a job after everything you've been through in Chicago. No idea. Uh, No idea how the front office hasn't gotten rid of you. No idea why Ryan Pace, the GM of the Bears, still has a job. Excited to see Justin Fields because I think for Matt Nagy to – have any chance of keeping his job. He's going to have to throw Justin Fields in there and hope it works. And I just hope that for the sake of Justin Fields' talent, that the Chicago Bears learn from their mistakes. I hope they don't do the same thing they did with Mitchell Trubisky and evaluate because you can evaluate quarterbacks coming out. The thing is you have to continue to evaluate quarterbacks when they're in the league. And I feel like They failed evaluating Mitchell Trubisky as he kept growing and kept as he was evolving his game in the NFL. And I just feel like they did a poor job with that. I hope Matt and I, he learned from his mistakes. and I hope Justin Fields succeeds in Chicago. Although I I would like to maybe not see. And who knows this entire time, the poor offensive play in Chicago could have been due to poor, Poor quarterback play. I mean, you look at the quarterbacks he had. Mike Glennon, the ones that come to mind, at least. He had Mike Glennon before Mitch Trubisky. Then he had Mitch Trubisky. And then he had Nick Foles. And then he went back to Trubisky. I mean, he's never had fantastic quarterbacks, to say the least. I mean, Mike Glennon had a couple good games in Jacksonville this year. Nick Foles had a fantastic run with Philly a few years back. And Mitch had a Pro Bowl season. And he won Nickelodeon MVP in a game that he lost. But other than that, I mean, you look at the careers of those quarterbacks, and it's not three quarterbacks that you would be dying to have. So, yeah, Matt Nagy's on the hot seat. And, you know, if they don't jump out early and do just decent and like average, Matt Nagy could could lose his job. Next up is Vic Fangio, the Denver Broncos. Got a lot of – I I don't necessarily love this guy – I do like that he is a defensive coach cuz I I like I like defensive coaches. I like Brandon Staley who got hired for the Chargers. I'm a big fan of that hire. He's a defensive guy. But Vic Fangio, he was an older guy when he got the job. He's, he's an older guy now cuz he didn't, you know, he didn't get younger and he's never had good quarterback play. This year, they didn't really make a move for a quarterback. They have Teddy Bridgewater. They have Drew Locke. They've been in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, per se, whatever that may be. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But maybe they brought in Teddy to help as a leverage piece for the, for the Rodgers trade. Who knows? It's going to be interesting to see. June 1 is today, so there could be some stuff b- popping off as we speak, if you're watching or listening to this. So keep your eyes peeled. Keep Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport and Tom Pellicero on, on Twitter. Notifi- like Get notifications from those guys because it'll keep you up on everything going on. That's what I do. And it, it's going to be interesting to see for sure. But Vic Fangio, he's never – I mean, they have all the pieces. Defensively, they have great defense. They have an amazing secondary with a lot of great players. So what what's going on? Your defensive head coach, your defense is good. You can't figure out on offense somehow. Pat Shermer offense is not easy to necessarily learn. So maybe you know year one Drew Locke was struggle. I mean Drew Locke has never had the same offensive coordinator two years in a row since I guess high school. I don't know why I remember hearing that, but I do remember hearing that today. I Today, at the day I'm recording, I do remember for some reason hearing that from somewhere. And that was an interesting thing. I'm like, oh, so maybe this is the year that we see maybe a jump because, you know, consistency. That's a big key. I like Drew Locke. I like his confidence. But for Denver and Vic Fangio to possibly, you know, especially for even Drew Locke himself, for him to have a job in Denver, for Vic Fangio to have a job in Denver, he's going to have to come out and make plays this year and not be a terrible quarterback. And I just don't necessarily believe that's true. I think Vic's going to end up jobless as a head coach by the year being over. I think Mike Zimmer is another guy you could throw in that list. Listen, Minnesota has failed to, you know, be what anybody thought they would be. You know, they went on a magnificent run when Pat Shermer was their offensive coordinator. When they had Case Keenum at quarterback with the Minneapolis Miracle and all of that, but they've kind of underachieved ever since even in a year they had a playoff win over the saints it felt like they underachieved and i know they did that last year for sure listen mike zimmer's got to figure it out because i i do believe his seat is getting pretty warm i hadn't i've never even looked up to what see if the what the odds are and then first head coach fired if i had to guess i feel like mike mccarthy would probably be high on that list i think mike mccarthy is a pretty good head like he's a decent head coach like he's not like somebody you'd be dying to have but if you could have anybody over you know over any of these guys that have on this list you'd probably rather have Mike McCarthy. I mean Mike Zimmer is a good head coach but the seat's getting hot they've failed to live up to expectations and I think this year they're going to fail to live up live up to expectations as well. And I think that that's, that's going to put Zimmer on the hot seat. Another coach would be Cliff Kingsbury. They've gone all in this year. They got pieces. They brought in AJ green. They brought in James Conner. They brought in JJ watt. They drafted pretty well. Let's figure it out. Let's keep Kyler healthy and see what happens next because Cliff Kingsbury has got to get something figured out on the defense. Him and Vance Joseph need to sit down and figure it out because you, get, I mean, it's, it's okay. I think allowing points at this point, because the way the game has changed, you just have to get stops at critical times. And, sometimes that defense fails to do so because they are a bit Swiss cheese hoping they could figure it out because I like Cliff Kingsbury I like the offense that he runs I like his coaching style and I like the way he just the way he is his vibe I, I enjoy his vibe he's a young guy I feel like I could click with Cliff if we ever had a conversation so I don't want to see him fired from Arizona but I could see I could see him. Because I don't feel like that Arizona guy plays around. Like, I feel like he wants results. I mean, he fired Steve Wilkes after one year and traded Josh Rosen. I mean, this guy, he don't play around. He wants results. And this would be, you know, the third year for Cliff. At the end of the year, if he's failed to live up to any expectations and missed the playoffs yet again, I think there is a chance his seat could be very, very hot and he could end up getting fired. I'm excited to, you know, kind of figure out the NFL, kind of navigate the rest of the offseason, the boring part of the offseason. I got more stuff that I want to talk about, you know. I mean, shoot, it's about to be midnight. And I've heard rumors that we're supposed to get the Spider-Man trailer tomorrow, which is, the, I mean, so not tomorrow, today. Like, the day that... The, I mean, I'm super... If that happens, I will be ecstatic. I love Spider-Man. There's other stuff going on in the world as well. Uh, but, you know, I don't necessarily know if I have the time or the energy to talk about it right now. I am very tired. I played in a tackle football game with my uncle, my brother, and my cousin. And, you know, it's good. it was good for me to do because it made me realize that I still got it. Like, it was a good feeling. But... Wow, bro. Like, when you're not, like, extremely, extremely, like, I'm an active guy. I, like, don't work out on a regular. Like, I don't work out. Like, I'm just active. So, haven't played football in a a couple years. I mean, I played flag and stuff like that, but nothing major. And, wow. Like, playing and, like, going toe-to-toe with – a guy that plays, and another guy that just recently played, and playing with a with a guy that hasn't played since he was in college, over twenty years ago, and being like, "Oh, I can still, I can still kind of do this." Like I'm still one of the more athletic people. I was, I was probably the most athletic person out there, and it was always a good feeling. But like, I am feeling it right now. Like my legs are hurting, so I'm probably gonna wrap this episode up here. Uh, again, thanks for listening. I really enjoy. I'm so glad I can be back. Uh, excited to I'm trying to figure out this setup as well. Like it's a much different setup. like this is a futon that I also sleep on because I record this in my bedroom. It's supposed to be a much more casual vibe. I'm gonna have, you know people in and out, maybe long, maybe long style conversations where we just bounce back and forth. We talk about sports and then we just kind of talk about life. We're gonna see what happens. I'm excited. Awesome hoodie I got on through this thing. is looks awesome on camera. My ADD is kicking in. I am thirsty. I am hungry. But I'm going to edit this back together. Thank you all for checking this out. I'm so glad to be back. Hope you all have a great day. Expect another episode sometime later this week. Peace.